Um, Welcome back to the Our View podcast. This episode is part of our Mental Health Monday series. These episodes will highlight topics related to mental health. The episodes will sometimes share the stories of those who have been medically diagnosed with mental health disorders, and other episodes in the series will share interviews with mental health professionals who will provide an overview of the different types of mental health diagnoses and their treatment options. These episodes are intended to be informational and educational only. It is not medical advice, and any information within these episodes is not intended to diagnose. We encourage you to always seek the guidance of your medical physician or clinician for any decisions regarding your medical needs and conditions. On today's episode of the Our View podcast, I welcome back my guest, Dr. Owen Muir. Join our conversation as we discuss bipolar disorder. Welcome back to another episode of the Our View podcast. This episode is part of our Mental Health Monday series, and we are happy to welcome back to the podcast uh, Dr. Owen Muir, MD. He is a uh, psychiatrist for uh, children and adults. And uh, to th- on this episode, we are discussing the topic of bipolar disorder. So Owen, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, you and I had a, a great discussion about depression uh, before, and uh, thank you again for agreeing to do two episodes with me. Uh, for this episode, we are covering the topic of bipolar disorder. So <clears throat> everything, go back and listen to that prior episode all over again. That'll increase your play count and it'll be helpful because then we can say less now. Um, uh, bipolar disorder is an illness that is, um, is, is defined as episodic as in sometimes you're having symptoms, sometimes you're not. And those symptoms come in two major flavors. One of which is major depressive disorder or major depressive episode, right? And the other is a manic or hypomanic episode. So down or up and sometimes in the middle. Most of the time, people who have bipolar disorder spend unwell is spent down. And for most people, it starts with depression. And so the average time to accurate diagnosis of bipolar disorder in the United States is eight years. So with uh, bipolar disorder, there are uh, different types of bipolar disorder, correct? Uh, in the DSM, there are two types of bipolar disorder. I think that's the most one of the more useless distinctions that has ever been foisted upon us as a field. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> and so what? Mm-hmm. There are answers to that, but I, I really think the most important distinction is bipolar, not bipolar, because that determines the kind of treatment you're going to get. As I mentioned, most people with bipolar disorder spend most of their time depressed, but bipolar depression is treated almost completely differently than unipolar depression. So all the antidepressants I mentioned in the first episode don't apply. Okay, yeah, so it's a different... Uh different treatment uh, for that. Right. For this. And we, yeah. have, we have a mania, which is the other side of that, mm-hmm. which briefly is elevated mood, energy, goal-directed activity, doing a bunch of stuff. And I can go through the whole thing, but just watch Homeland. 
uh, season one, mm-hmm. and you'll see Carrie do it, or any given Kanye moment that gets plastered all over TMZ. Um, yeah. You know, uh, this is something we've had throughout history. Um, yeah. Over and over again. And it is familiar to us. And often people will have that manic episode and then go to the hospital for quote unquote exhaustion. Um, importantly, psychosis can come with it one way or the other. So you can have believing things that aren't true, uh, which is psychosis, which can be hallucinations, it can be delusions. They're usually mood congruent. So that means like, I believe I'm Jesus. Um, we had three uh, famous rappers at once in the unit who all thought they were Nas. Mm-hmm. One of them would only give his name as Nas. We had to write Nasir Jones on the chart because mm-hmm. we had no other identifier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there were three of them at once having rap battles, and they were good. Yeah. And so, and so bipolar disorder is kind of the extremes of the human experience in episodic fashion. And they tend to be those, there's a cycle to it for people, which is different for different people. Um, there's the concept of rapid cycling, which is actually defined as four or more episodes in a year, not multiple episodes in a week. That's usually something else. So most of the, ah, his totally bipolar is not actually describing bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of episode with episodes that last days to weeks, not minutes to hours or hours to days. And I think that is a very good distinction to make because you do hear, you you hear this phrase thrown around a lot of, um, yeah, he's so bipolar. Um, and it's, it's just like, it, it, it is truly a real diagnosis. Um, you mentioned Kanye, you see, uh, all of the things that they post about him on, you know, on the social media sites and all of that. And it's, you know, you see, to me, I see somebody that's really struggling with uh, some things and and life and it's just not, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's funny to, you know, to see that all happening. And it's, it's a shame um, to see that he, you know, has these, these moments where he can't, uh, but I'm going to hit it back over the net at uh you on that one. Kanye's freaking brilliant. Oh, absolutely. Right. And Kanye is is grandiose at baseline. Mm-hmm. He thinks he can do impossible things and routinely does. Mm-hmm. And so the thing that drives me up the wall is that like it's fine to have bipolar disorder or any other thing as long as you're never sick. As mm. long as, well, I had this and then overcame it. That's a story we can tell on our on you know behind the music. Mm-hmm. And if it's ever actually happening to you. And you're on Twitter, and of course you are, because you're hyperverbal uh, and more goal directed when you're manic. Uh, everyone's like, "Oh, how embarrassing!" Well, why? If you had a stroke on TV, no one would go, "Oh, how embarrassing for you." They go, "Oh my God, are you okay?" Mm-hmm. But this is the equivalent of having a neurological event, and all of us are going, "Oh, it's so embarrassing. Could that just be more private?" Mm-hmm. He's a brilliant guy, whether he's unwell or not. Um, and I, I really, really think that the stigmatization of mental illness, while it's happening, is one of the hardest parts because it's it, it's not okay to say, look, I'm having a problem now. I had a problem, that's acceptable. 
I'm having a problem. And somehow we think you're less than. Right. And it's especially true for people of color. It's a yeah. way to invalidate their experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really so that's, rough. That's um, my like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the, um, I think of, of what you said before in our, um, you know, in our previous episode about depression, just um, how it, it just, this uh, bipolar disorder can look different for everybody as well. It's just, you know, we have, um, you know, you have the one example that you, you see of using Kanye as the example for it, but it's, you know, it's not always the same for everybody. So that's a big... It's it's not. There's a spectrum of um, bipolar severity, but I would argue uh, the well, it can look different for everybody is both true and misleading, mm -hmm. because that opens the door to well, anything's bipolar disorder. Um, I think there there are people who use the term bipolarity, not a thing in my opinion. I think you have bipolar disorder or you do not. Mm -hmm. I may not have enough information to make that call appropriately. And I will tell you that. But bipolar disorder, not bipolar disorder, is the, is the taxonomy in my head, which is, you know, in, in, you know, it's a radical point of view, perhaps, but it's the one I have. Mm -hmm. And what are the other possible explanations for the suffering I'm seeing in front of me that aren't just that is an important question to ask yourself. Could this be borderline personality disorder? Could this be both borderline personality disorder and bipolar disorder? How much of this is trauma? Which, by the way, happens more to people with bipolar disorder than not. Could this be narcissistic personality disorder and depression? Who knows? It can be any number of things. So I think making sure we kind of get that diagnosis correct, even if that takes a little while by having our minds open to the possibility that we could be wrong, is important because the self-reinforcingness of bipolar disorder is as follows. I'm a psychiatrist, you come in, we diagnose bipolar disorder, I give you a medicine for bipolar disorder, let's say it's Seroquel, you gain 60 pounds, but you never have another manic episode because you never had bipolar disorder. And so axiomatically, you won't have a manic episode because you don't have the illness. But I can tell myself, look, I gave you Seroquel, I cured your bipolar disorder, you never had another manic episode. You sure spent a lot of time depressed and you've gained a lot of weight, but well, I did a good job with the bipolar. Look how not manic you are. Uh, I'm a great psychiatrist. Wow. All right. Yeah. So it's really hard because bipolar depression, it turns out, is very difficult to treat on average. Mm -hmm. and, and we have very few medicines for it compared to major depressive disorder. And we have psychotherapy, but most people don't know how to do it. Um, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's a difficult thing that we want to get right. So I think if my kind of takeaway for this, if you suspect your loved one might have bipolar disorder, see someone with expertise. And that probably means a psychiatrist, MD. Um, I am, you know, I think the problem with experts in any field is everything, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So you see a bipolar specialist and you're going to get a bipolar diagnosis. Um, I think if you see someone who is good, uh, and by good, I mean, they can explain their thinking to you in a way you can understand. Mm -hmm. So I think it is really the kind of thing where it's worth it to see an expert. Yeah. 
and not just let your primary care doctor or, and no offense to therapists, but this is a, a disorder that can ruin your life or end it. Mm-hmm. And it's like saying, I'm, I, I broke my leg, but I'm only going to go to PT. I'm not going to see orthopedics. Wow. That was a good one. Bone. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was a really good one. Wow. Um, so you, you just mentioned that uh, getting the proper diagnosis is key because it, you know, that so many other things can accompany, you know, bipolar disorder it can also be a bipolar disorder and something else, or it can just be something else and not bipolar disorder. Um, I think that's, that's a really big, big thing to mention and to, uh, you know, to make people aware that it's just, you know, it could be a mixture of things and it could just, it could just be totally something else as well. Uh, that that is happening. Uh, so thank you for thank you for that uh, great you know mention of the um, having a proper diagnosis and how how important that is. Um, once you do have a proper diagnosis, um, what are the uh, treatment options for uh, a bipolar diagnosis? So um, first off, they're kind of separated into treatments that work for bipolar depression, treatments okay. that work for bipolar mania and treatments that work for both, of which there are very few. And so many people with bipolar disorder, depending on uh, what's going on, will end up getting uh, beyond a drug or multiple drugs. Medications are a thing that are a first line treatment, but it doesn't mean therapy isn't important um, and may be vital. Um, Because one of the problems with bipolar disorder is it's got a really high suicide completion rate which is about 200 per 100,000 compared to 17 per 100,000 in the general population with no other problems. Um, you know, you're on average, you know, what is that? 10 times more likely to die by suicide with bipolar disorder than if you don't have it. Um, and the attempt rate's even higher. It's, it's you know, Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of people will attempt to take their life if they have this disorder because it's bad at times. Okay. So the treatment options, the, the, the best evidence we have or the most extensive evidence is for medicine called lithium. Lithium is the third element on the periodic table. It's a salt. That's it. Mm-hmm. Cool, right? And for some people with bipolar disorder, it was what we call an endophenotype, a group defined by response to lithium. Lithium responsive bipolar disorder. Folks do great on lithium. Now, a lot of people are hesitant to prescribe it because you have to get blood levels. It can have side effects, et cetera. People are worried about it. But I feel that people deserve to know if they have lithium responsive bipolar disorder. So then they can make a choice as to whether they want to take the medicine or not. But if they don't know if it's going to be helpful and how helpful, it's hard to make that choice in an informed way. Lithium also reduces the risk of suicide in bipolar disorder. And we have very few other medications with evidence to do that. Um, So I'd say lithium is the one to know about, and there are a bunch of others. Um, For bipolar depression, we have uh, Seroquel, Lamotrigine, uh, Cariprazine, Symbiax, which is a combination of Olanzapine and Fluoxetine, and Loracidone with further evidence, but not FDA approval for uh, Provigil, aka Modafinil, and uh, some evidence for uh, 
primopexol, um, which is a restless leg syndrome drug originally. We also have, of course, electroconvulsive therapy and emerging evidence for transcranial magnetic stimulation, as well as emerging evidence for ketamine and other psychedelic medications. Yeah. Um, and there are a bunch of things that work for mania. Almost everything works for mania. Mm -hmm. <laughs> any, any antipsychotic, Depakote, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Those things all work for mania. There's a much smaller list that works for depression also. Yeah. And it's um, interesting that you, you know, to, to have to break it down to what treats the depression side and the mania side of it. It's, um, you know, and, and the fact you said there are very few that would treat both at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, th I think that's um, a, another great, important point to make. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough one. Mm -hmm. Um, because the medicine doesn't always work. It doesn't, none of these medications are proven to eliminate having episodes in the future. So people with bipolar sort of live in a state of fear. What if it comes back? Is it gonna work next time? Or am I going to be in hell again? Mm -hmm. How scared do I need to be? Maybe I'm gonna make some more conservative choices in my life. Maybe I'm not gonna go to medical school. Cause what if it comes back? Maybe I'm not gonna, marry this person because what if I screwed up with them like I have with everybody else and that's one of the real problems is that people curtail what they choose to do with their life because they're worried about the ineffectiveness of the treatments they've experienced and they catastrophize the next thing the other problem is one of the features of getting sick with bipolar disorder is not knowing you're sick with bipolar disorder it's actually a symptom so it's like having a cold where people are like do you have a cold no, what are you talking about? That's crazy. And the sicker you are, the less you know you have the thing. Are you manic? No, no, I, I'm no. Why would you say that? No, no, come on. Let's go. This is going to be great, guys. So, what I, what I tell patients uh, is um, when someone asks you, do you think you might be manic? The answer is yes, until proven otherwise. So the question is the prompt to call your psychiatrist and say, hey, can we check in? Similarly with depression. Hey, do you think you could be depressed? We all, the, the answer is usually, oh, no, 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 of course not, no. Mm -hmm. But maybe I'm going to call my psychiatrist and see what they think. It, because the penalty for assuming the answer is no is high. What if you're wrong? The penalty for going maybe and talking to your doctor is low. It means you might catch the thing and it might be embarrassing and have to go, oh my gosh, I was a little manic. Because um, mm -hmm. you're not allowed to be sick ever. Right. Wasn't yeah. that us? Yeah, of course not, right? That's, uh, oh gosh, this is... Yeah. Um... Now, again, I speak as someone who has, uh, you know, I have bipolar disorder myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I put off going to medical school until I was 27 because I was scared I wasn't going to be able to do it. Um, and this is where things like the Americans with Disabilities Act comes in. Um, I went to medical school and did residency and fellowship and did night float for some of that time. Wow. Staying up all night is a terrible idea if you have bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. I have a disability. Mm-hmm. And I, in the beginning at least, wasn't brave enough to say, hey, this might be a bad idea for me. 
I had to crash and burn and go out on medical leave after being hospitalized. And when I came back, my classmates said, guess what? You're not doing any more overnight call. We're going to do all the day calls on the weekends and we'll take the overnights. You're welcome. And I didn't do another one till fellowship. And then that didn't go well either. Uh, and so I talked to my program director and I'm like, okay, I got my bipolar disorder. I can't do it. He's like, yeah, why didn't she come to me before? Wow. Yeah, that's, um, and it's, it's the thing of, of knowing, knowing yourself and uh, knowing what you're capable of doing and that's and mm -hmm. it's an illness that impairs that ability yes mm -hmm. so you can know yourself but only sometimes right Ugh. yeah so really quick before we wrap up this episode can you uh just let the listeners know where they can uh find you on social media your websites or anything that you uh anything that you have coming up and and anything else you want to share Sure. Uh, DrOwenMuir.com uh, is the website, um, at OwenMuirMD on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Clubhouse as at Sphere, which is the uh, uh, club that we have there. Uh, AskSphere.co um, is uh, the website for, for my company or one of them. And um, I have a podcast called Remotely Possible, colon, Uncertainty, Anxiety, and Existential Despair. Uh, and I have another podcast called Stories for My Children, which is me reading books that are in the public domain so they can listen to them at bedtime. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, and Remotely Possible is this kind of weird time capsule about, you know, the, the weirdness of the now. So there's, you know, episodes about what it's like to like be in the pandemic and, uh, you know, have your wife have a COVID diagnosis and deal with Zoom bombers and try to figure out racism in America and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's it's kind of narrative and um, some interview stuff, but kind of heavily edited. So for people mm -hmm. who like more of a like radio labby format, um, which I freely rip off. That's <laughs> yeah. So thank you, um, thank you for your time. I appreciate all of uh, the knowledge you shared uh, with our listeners on this episode, and uh, I will definitely uh, be in touch with you soon. Thank you so much, Arthur. All right. Thank you.